As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listen, a great great football game. Um, Our fans were unbelievable, the ones that were here, and uh, um, we appreciate that. Brandon Staley's done a heck of a job with this football team, and uh, the, these, ga- these games come right down to the last last series. I mean, it can go either way. I was proud of our guys for <clears throat> stepping up and and um, doing a nice job offensively that last series that they had, and and defensively the last series that the defense had. So, um, I, those, that's big time, big time football at the right time, and um, much appreciated. So. Uh, Kelsey again had a another hundred yard game. It's, you know he's done a nice job with that. Um, it was good to get Pacheco a hundred yards. I mean we we needed that um, today. Every every yard of it. It was good to see some of the young guys step up. Um, whether it was Watson having a start and Sky stepping in there and doing a nice job on the offensive side. Defensively. Um, uh, Bolton was all over the place. I mean, he's been doing that all year. So, uh, I mean, I could keep going. I, the offensive line, Pat Mahomes, I mean, what are you going to say there? So he he calms everything down, both sides of the ball. He helps out with, um, and Kelsey does the same, and Chris and Frank, and it was good to have Frank back, uh, Frank and also um, uh, Bolton. So all those guys. Uh, the good players really stepped up and and um, calm calm things down when it was needed. So, anyways, with that time, yours. Don't stop me if you've heard this one before, because I want to get into the show, and you would have to stop me if I was here to tell you a story, a tale, perhaps, about how the Kansas City Chiefs, powered by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey vanquished the Los Angeles Chargers after giving the Chargers that one thing that hurts the most. No, not a touchdown. Hope. That, once again, is how this division seems to be playing out. And boys, I feel like we could just about go ahead and blow the party horns, let off the party poppers, and declare the AFC West a lost cause for those other three teams. Because it's Vince Carter gifts abound in the AFC West. The Chiefs victorious in LA. Uh, Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and Nate Taylor here with you. And Nate, 
you said right before the show started, can I share some vignettes from my yes. time in Los Angeles? And Nate, I would love yes. no, nothing more, no <sighs> better way to kick off this edition of Times Ours here on The Athletic. So, I'm going to give a few. I got several, but hopefully I'll sprinkle them during the course of this here episode. Look, guys, um, I don't use this podcast often to tell you that I'm right. <laughs> but I'm right. Like... This team in the Patrick Mahomes era in Los Angeles, it never, ever fails. Um, Dad texted me. Wife texted me. Everybody's texting me with two minutes left. Guys, I got I to gotta focus. <laughs> Just like everybody else on the field. Like, I got to focus. Like, what's going to happen? Which is hilarious to me because you're asking what's going to happen and yet you've seen it. I don't have to text. I don't have to text back. Like, I, I just, it's okay. Uh, but I'm right. This trip to LA was really, really um, awesome for me, uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, the first little vignette here is I met someone at the original Pancake. They told me to meet them at this location. It was wonderful. I had so many people eating pancakes around me that it was great. And I was like, I just want to eat more pancakes, but I'm physically incapable of doing that right now. Um, The eggs were awesome. Bacon. The weather in LA, once again, spectacular. Guys, I know she's not with us because she's probably playing hockey elsewhere. (laughs) But times are original. Danielle and I saw what? each other, what? Hu- hugged each other, shared so many thoughts about the idea that, like, you know, can I convince you to come to Kansas City? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I am I am shaking with jealousy. Nate did not. Nate I did, did not, not share this. Did not know about this. Did not, tell did us. not share I am this. So jealous right now. Oh man. Shout out to Danielle. And Nate, you're fine too. But shout out to <laughs> I've, I've seen Nate recently too. It's getting old, jealous of Danielle for getting to see Nate. <laughs> Nate. Um, she loves the show. She says hi and that she loves everyone who listens. Um, we obviously talked about the Troy Aikman thing. <laughs> we obviously talked about her watching the game and people informing her that yes, yes, he is... He is, he has passed uh, Troy Aikman in, in touchdowns. But the, um, real quick, real quick backstory on the Aikman thing. If you didn't know that, none of that happens the way that it happened. Unless, unless Danielle, um, in, I'm going to say intentionally attempted to sabotage my <laughs> life and well-being. <laughs> not to mention your career. Not, no, not even, not even uh, to mention my career. That was the least of my concerns. Yeah. So, so Danielle's out in out, out in LA, um, and it was it was great. That's I've. Awesome. Uh, you know, the, we, we were we were laughing. The only time, the other, the only other times we've seen each other is that you know, the Super Bowls. So I told her, I'm like, hey, if you want to, you know, if things play out a certain way, uh, you know, we might see each other in a, in a few weeks. So, podcast extraordinaire friend, um, yeah, that's how I started my Sunday morning. So that's um, stupendous. Yeah, it, w- it was really great. And then you know, when I hugged her and and we took a photo, which I'm going to send you guys here in a minute. Can't wait. Um, Sometimes you just have those feelings like, man, it's going to be a good one today. <laughs> <laughs> That's the power of a hug from Danielle. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and then nobody nobody uh, nobody let that down. Uh, I would all the uh, the good day continued from every step. I can't wait to see this picture. I'm so I am so upset of just being left out until this moment. But also, I respect it 100% as a podcasting move, Nate. Yep. I just feel like I would have had some secret message for you to give to Daniel. I don't know what it would be. Um, something Nick Cage related, certainly. Mm. But uh, I'm so mad I could just I could just smack your face off. I don't know. I, that's that's all I've got. Um, where were you watching this game, Seth? Because I was on Eastern Time, which start a football game Woo! at 8.20 p.m. local time is a whole Gross. different kettle of fish. Uh, so I was watching this game with my loud family. Oh, see, that's nice. I like that your family's loud because loud families are the best. I sorry that just that's distracting to me. I cannot wait to intrude on their privacy and DM your family and be like, hey, just so you know, we're probably like a half hour drive from you. We'd love to get some dinner if you want. And they're going to have to ask themselves, how rude do we have to be to make him go? <laughs> yeah, you have to text them when you get down there. I will make sure you have every form. I'll give you their address. You can show up at their house if you want. It's beautiful. I, I mean, I'd do it. Um, you know, they don't know me as well. So <laughs> it they, could they, go any any number of ways. So I'm excited I, for that. I'm pretty sure they're at least under the impression that somehow cosmically they owe you. So I think that I think that you could play this into your into your advantage. Sweet. Cash in some old, almost entirely sports ESPN Kansas City segments and and just guilt them, and they'll they'll let you in. They'll, sure, they'll at least like throw you a fish. My little sister will legit pull a fish out of the bay and just throw it to you if you'd like one. That sounds amazing, and I I seriously might take you up on that. So for those who don't know, Josh's dad and I occasionally talk theology on Twitter, which is fun. Um, well, <laughs> my definition of fun is probably different than some people's. <laughs> like, everyone's like, fun, huh? Really? Yeah, I feel bad for jazz too sometimes. So, anyway, I was watching in the comfort of my living room. Um, jazz was actually watching our niece, uh, nieces and nephew at my sister Hope's, who both of you guys have met. Yes. Um, at, at, at their place because... And uh, shout out to my brother-in-law, Lauren, who's a good man. They went to the Vikings-Cowboys game, and he's a big Vikings fan. And good Lord have mercy, I'm glad I cheer for the Chiefs. Um, And so I was actually by myself um, until the final minute and a half of the game when all my sons had the choice to either go to bed or watch the game. (laughs) And suddenly they just, oh man, they just wanted to spend time with me, you know? It's just pretty sweet. It's pretty nice of them. But it was cool because that was the first like really crazy ending that they've been with me in a while. Like my sons like football well enough, but they're not like really into it at this point. Mason probably is more so than the rest. But like they they, they they'll watch it. But so the, the, it was such a crazy ending that, you know, we all got very excited. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I just can't imagine that fun ending at like 1130 for you then. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed. It seems too late. I, I'm jealous of the the West Coast fans among us. I think, uh, although like a ten o'clock kickoff for a noon game seems a little wild. But I get. Right. I did enjoy some brunch football. That that I could. I could live with. I also just texted you guys picture. Yeah. Uh, pictures of a fish that Chloe caught on uh, yesterday. 
<laughs> so that's that's what you have to look forward to. Seth, Florida, uh, man. Jeez. <laughs> it's just those are just it's a, if anyone wants to Google a sheep's head, uh, that's what she's holding. And the teeth, I'll tweet out pictures at some point. By the time oh, this yeah, podcast, those are up, horrifying pictures. Terrifying. Oh. Terrifying. Oh, uh, but apparently you can eat them if you want. So, again, if you need uh, just some fish out of the bay when you're down there, at, at the very least, uh, Chloe will be uh, will be hospitable. Um, but that's kind of fun. We all had we all have some uh, some fun stories from from this game. That deserves some fun stories. Gosh dang it! Because uh, Nate, you can you can tell me what it was like, other than the text you were receiving in the press box. I and frankly, I was gonna say what was the atmosphere among Chargers fans, but frankly, I'm not sure you would mm. have any way of knowing that mm. being in the stadium, uh, based off the sounds that I was hearing through the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the split of SoFi, uh, or I don't know, so so. Far not a very good home field advantage. I don't. I'll <laughs> nice. workshop it. That wasn't it wasn't terrible. nice. Nah, it was. It. I didn't feel good about it, but I rarely do. <laughs> um, I. I have to imagine though that that feeling of inevitability was was not just in all of our text threads and amongst our families, uh, but anybody watching the game had to feel like they knew what was about to happen, right? Yeah. Um. It had become evident to me. And people have talked about this, obviously, you know, uh, we're recording on Tuesday because of, you know, Thanksgiving reasons. But look, I mean, um, it's one thing to sort of do the analysis, you know, after the game or have a little bit of a buffer with the postgame show. But but Chris Collinsworth, when I went back and, and obviously watched the game from the broadcast perspective, him understanding that the Chargers basically were like, we have to play too high, man. And him scrambling for, I guess I'd have to look here for however many yards, but yep. basically to get them in the red zone. Yep. It was at that play where it's like the protection was there and he recognized it so quickly and got down and obviously knew they had timeout. Um, then it was at that point where I was like, yeah, they're they're going to score a touchdown. They're going to win the game. And, um, you know, this is you you've you've seen it enough that you have to appreciate i think certain details um if you're cheese fans or obviously someone like you know guys like us who have obviously seen Mahomes from the beginning to the end and of course it's a little different than obviously the first time in 2018 where just on a simple out pass you know philip rivers is shaking his head Understanding that the division is never going to be theirs again in his tenure. <laughs> <laughs> to, to now Justin Herbert playing as perfect a game as I think he's played in the Chiefs-Chargers rivalry since he's been a part of it. I know they won in week two last season. And people can still have some gripes about it because on that fourth down play, there's pass interference that was called. Now, whether you want to agree with not, that that's whatever. But like, he didn't make an excellent play on fourth down. They just they were helped um, by the circumstances. And look, I mean, you know, who knows? You can go back and forth on that play. But in terms of decision making, excellence, um, having some of his guys back, having one guy back for one highlight, get him off the field. That was a heck of a catch too. It's amazing! It's an amazing Whoa, catch. What a catch, man! Mike Williams can play. God, just keep that man healthy, y'all. Um, yeah. Well, and especially against the Chiefs, and I'll, I'll let you finish. I'm so sorry, but someone, maybe it was one of you guys, did did a meme where it was 
a did a meme. Oh gosh. Yeah, anyway, you gotta yeah. <laughs> yep. Nope. Someone created a meme. I think in, Jordan, oh, was it Jordan? Oh, shout out to Jordan. It's, you know, you know this Mike Williams against the Chiefs. It is a picture of Megatron. Yeah, <laughs> like Calvin Johnson. That is not actual. Megatron. No, it, it, it would. It, honestly, I think maybe Jordan. This is a, this is a Jordan original. Um, I think maybe he missed the missed the mark by not literally just making it. <laughs> I know. Man, Mike Williams has made more insane catches against the Chiefs than I mean, anybody like, else, they're, and they're well covered catches too. They're just they're the type of catches where people get upset with me afterwards. They're like I don't really blame the corner for that. They're like, well, it's an excuse. I'm like, no, it's just you got this giant human who just is like, I'm going to catch that. And what can you do? And so it, it that really was a great catch. And I feel bad for him that I can't believe he got both feet in bounds. That was amazing. Yeah. So look, Herbert played excellent. And yet, before the touchdown, NBC caught this man on camera yep. staring into the abyss. Because <laughs> even he knew. Yep. Once that scramble occurs... And now we're operating from the red zone, and now we have a timeout to like I don't know find the right play to use. It's it's hard to come back from, and unfortunately, you know, I know we're gonna get to this guy for you, Seth, but Chris Jones is on the other side. Yeah, and he's playing excellent football of late. So getting the chance to write about Kelsey again, obviously seeing what hurt what occurred last year. Um, yeah, it's, here's another vignette. I'm going to give two quick ones really quick. This is in the stadium. These are my two in-stadium vignettes. Basically, I don't know if people realize this. Hopefully you guys read the coverage on The Athletic, but good friend, colleague, Rustin Dodd, was at the game with me. So, me and Rustin are talking through these things. Uh, it's third down. They are getting ready to start the fourth quarter. I come to Rustin, and I go, hey, man, what you thinking? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I was like, well, you know, you can you can go a number of ways. Maybe you can write about Mahomes. You know, obviously, I, I do that, uh, you know, quite quite often. Pretty frequently. <laughs> so, if you want to get in on that, that's fine. Uh, and he's like, okay, if they win this game, I'll, I'll, I'll write about Mahomes. I said, hey, great, excellent. Uh, and you guys should go read and check that out. Literally, the next play. Mid-reception, I walk away from him to my seat, and I say, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> and Rustin was like, you know, he, he's not in, you know, press box all the time watching games, but I think he felt like, what do you mean? He hasn't even, like, he's, why is Nate walking away from me as Travis Kelsey enters the end zone for the second time? It's like, because, because... Because this is what happens. It's Kel- it's Travis Kelsey against the Chargers. <laughs> this is what mm-hmm. I. This is ultimately what I wrote, which is so funny because I think the last generation was well. This is Antonio Gates against the Chiefs. <laughs> like this is, yes. this is just God. what it is. Like, <laughs> so it, we've gone from Travis Kel or we've gone from Tony Gonzalez against the Chiefs to Antonio Gates or against the Chargers. I should say to Antonio Gates against the the, the Chiefs to now Travis Kelsey against the Chargers. Who knows what. Uh, species the Chargers are going to get in a few years um, to to balance out this 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 galactic uh, battle of of amazing tight ends, and then secondly, in the locker room they've won the game. Obviously, Rick Burkholder is never supposed to talk to me <laughs> by and large. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, VP of uh, Sports health. Medicine and Performance, I believe. Head yeah, of like, you know, I should say never. I mean, obviously, he's a he's a lovely young man. Um, but he's definitely you know, older than you. They they obviously want to keep information. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. So, by the way, folks, Kadarius Tony saw him in the locker room. Positive sign. By the way, saw Juan Thornhill in the locker room. Positive sign. Also saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the locker room with a walking boot on his right ankle. Not a positive sign. Okay. So we're talking about the field, and I'm like, do you feel like you guys did enough? Were you prepared enough? Obviously, there's this study going around, going around of SoFi just turf just being awful. And it is. Um, Exhibit A, Mike Williams. Anyway, he goes, to, like, Rick Berker's like, I gotta uh, stop talking to Nate and, like, do my job after the game. Um, and he basically... Pulls a mic drop where he says, well, you know, it helps when 15 has a cape on. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I just stood there like, okay, who, who, who do I, I want to talk to next? Hi, Trey Smith. Hey, hey, Rick, can I quote you on that one? Can I make that the, can I just be the headline? Is that? Well, I just, I did want to uh, save it for our podcast audience. It's beautiful though. That's so yeah. good. So. Nice. That. The, the the Superman thing is is such a good, I, you know, it's interesting because Mahomes threw a pick against the Bills, you know, um, that obviously was was tough. What I think I'm back to, and I mentioned this when I wrote about Kelsey and Mahomes, because um, I had to, because they're just so great. Um, and I, w- I always want to remind people, like, seriously, remember this. I wish like a number of things I wish I could go back and re-experience as a sports fan. There's a couple different memories. Obviously, the Super Bowl being one. One, and this will sound insane to people who weren't there, um, before the Steelers' 2017 playoff loss, unfortunately, when, um, or not the Steelers, I'm sorry, 2016, the year before, when Chiefs fans were chanting Eric Berry's name before the game. You had to be there. If you were there, you will understand. If you... If you weren't, you won't, and that's fine. Um, it was pregame as he knelt in the end zone. Goosebumps every time I think about it. It was awesome. Anyway, I would want to go back and watch Jamal Charles play live one more time because he was so great, and I talk about it all the time, blah, blah, blah. But you can watch Mahomes and Kelsey play <laughs> every week. Yep. And, and one day, you are going to struggle to describe it to people that have only seen highlights. And this is what I try to tell people with Jamal Charles. His highlights are incredible, but they don't necessarily differentiate him that much from from some guys. I mean, some of them definitely do because he was a mutant. But what made him different was like, if he didn't run for five or six yards on a carry, you were like, whoa, that was weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like he went wrong. Yeah. 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 Something clearly went terribly wrong. And like, I didn't realize at the time, because I was just starting to get my feet really wet and and trying to analyze football, how rare that was, how consistent he was with Mahomes. When he threw that pick against Buffalo, it was like, whoa, that was weird. And that's the point we've reached him. We expect him to succeed. So when he doesn't, it's like, whoa, that was weird. And I would just say. Now, when the Chiefs got the ball back, you knew, like, the whole stadium, I'm sure Chargers was like, oh, God, there's a minute and 46 left. Like, why? You know, why is this happening? When I knew that it was very likely over, 
was after the six, it was just a six yard scramble um, on first and 10 from KC 43. It was just a six yard scramble to get them to midfield and got out of bounds. And I was like, yep, that's it. They, they've, they've still got a minute 26 left. The clock stopped. They've got two timeouts left. Barring a miracle for the Chargers, this is this is over. And it was. And that's the sort of thing that you only get with super duper 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 stars. That kind of certainty. And and it was fun to watch. Um, those two. They're just so great. And, and I just, just remember that every time you watch. Like, man, there are people that are going to wish they could have watched what I'm watching right now. And like just the play after play greatness of it, which is another thing I think separates both Mahomes and Kelsey from their contemporaries or competitors in terms of who might be as good as them. It's just snap after snap after snap after snap after snap. It's constant. And that's just so fun to watch. They picked on Derwin James, dog. Yeah. They picked on him. Yeah, the, yeah the, the Chargers on that game-winning touchdown, the Chargers got the matchup they wanted. And honestly, it's the matchup I would probably choose. James does well. And Kelsey, now, you want to know just on a, uh, I'm going to go back, forward and backwards here. You want to know why Justin Watson saw so many snaps? Watch that play. Because <laughs> he picked the bejesus out of Derwin James without making any contact with him whatsoever. He just kind of danced in front of him for a split second and then kept on going. And that's why Justin Watson see the field, because Andy Reid knows he will go exactly where he is supposed to. And on a play like that, you need that, right? That kind of timing yep. and yep. going exactly where Kelsey's expecting you to go. But that only really works because James is a freak. That only works if Kelsey gets an incredible release off the line from a guy who at this point is twice the athlete he is, and he does. And then he just outruns everyone. He's 33, man. He's only four years younger than me. Like, I got exhausted watching him. Like, it, <laughs> it was so cool that, that I mean, they, they knew what the Chargers would want to do in coverage, and they took advantage of it. It was a great play call. It was well executed by everyone. And, and, but Kelsey is just so good at what he does. And it's just it's just game after game after game. Is he closing? I feel like he's probably closing in on a thousand yards already this year. It feels like he must be getting close. I'll yeah. I'll get that to you really quick, but but Josh, go ahead and tell everybody. You you got an announcement to make and Yeah, I do. I can't wait. I can't wait for people to get this. I do, I do, I do, I do. Um this is my only additional thing that I, I will add to what you guys have already said specifically about Travis Kelsey. And I'll give you the headline first. Here's here's my announcement. I do not care about about any of this. I I don't want to talk about Rob Gronkowski, and I don't want to talk about Tony Gonzalez. I don't want to talk about Jason Witten or Antonio Ooh. Gates or Shannon Sharp Ooh. or Greg Olson or Jimmy Graham. What? I don't want to talk about Ozzie Newsom. I don't Ozzie want to talk Newsom? about. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to talk about any of them right now. Because when you're talking about Travis Kelsey, the only thing you can do to properly put him in context and to properly appreciate him is to just talk about Travis Kelsey. And I, this really isn't like a podium thing for me. This is more like looking in the mirror long enough and eventually realizing this. I am a comparison shopper. Like if you give me, if you give me a hundred Google tabs, a Google Chrome tabs, 
I, I will fill all of them with a hundred different versions of basically the same thing that I want to buy, and I'm going to download the thing to try to get the coupon codes, and I'm comparing all the best versions of all of these things, and eventually, three hours have gone by, and I realize, oh, I probably should have just hit click buy, put it in the cart, do my research, and move on with my life. I don't want to do this anymore. With, with quarterbacks or with tight ends or with Mahomes and Josh Allen or Mahomes and Tom Brady or Mahomes and anybody else ever, and really specifically with Travis Kelsey, the best, most simple, easiest path to discrediting something we are seeing that is so incredible on a weekly basis is to put it up next to other players and say, well, what about this guy? And I don't care. I loved watching, now not always because of who he's going up against, I loved watching Rob Gronkowski. Frankly, I probably should have appreciated him more at the time, but it was harder because, you know, who he was playing for. I loved Tony Gonzalez. That one was not difficult for me. One of the one of the, the, the defining Arrowhead memories for me, I don't even remember what game it was in, but Tony Gonzalez was down in the end zone and Arrowhead was chanting, Tony, Tony, Tony. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I love Mark Andrews, not just for his pancreas, but also for what he does on a football field. Mm. I love George Kittle. I love the tight end position. All these players have such an important part of football history and such a cool picture of how the sport has evolved. But if you say Travis Kelsey is, and the next word out of your mouth is not, I have stopped listening. I'm, I'm done. I quit there. Because I don't care what he is or isn't compared to these other guys. There has never been a football player like Travis Kelsey. And there might be guys who who grow up looking at Travis Kelsey as something who they could be. So we might get Travis Kelsey-ish in the future as athletes change what positions they play and how tight ends learn defenses through the brain of a quarterback. But I don't ever need to compare Travis Kelsey to anyone ever again because the only thing it's going to make you do is get defensive or start scrubbing through all of the stats to try to figure out which ones work for you. I don't want to be a part of that conversation anymore because that's going to be wasted time compared to what we could be doing, which is going, holy bleeping bleep, have you paid attention to what 87 has been doing in Kansas City for this incredible length of time at this incredibly high level, at this incredible level of consistency in unique ways? There's no way to appreciate that if you're always going to do it through the lens of Tony Gonzalez or or Shannon Sharp or whoever you want it to be. Uh, That is my soapbox for today. This season, to bring stats into this, 10 games... 69 receptions, 855 receiving yards. Lord. His longest reception was for 46 yards. He has 11 touchdowns. He leads the NFL, the entire league, in touchdown receptions. He does not he does not play wide receiver. He doesn't play wide receiver. I mean, come on. He's 6th in yards. He, it, it's just so freakish, and it's such a perfect match. And by the way, Josh, you're right. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna he, talk he, about he, Kelsey. He 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 yes. he he uh, he, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he uh he also leads the league in first downs based <laughs> based on receiving with 53. He's a he's a tight end who's averaging 9.1 yards per target, and it's not because he's you know been targeted you know. 
30 times on, you know, go routes or seam routes. You know what I mean? It's like they're asking him to run a full route tree. It's the funniest thing to me. I didn't know Juju Smith-Schuster, by the way, even after missing a game, he's still top 20 in yards in the league. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Um, get well, Juju Smith-Schuster. They, they missed you um, at times. You, you could really see it. Um, hey, but- the NFL, by the way, the rare, um, the rare fine for something that wasn't a penalty – um, the closest the NFL gets to admitting it got something wrong. Just on that yes. you hit. Yes. Yep. And that, yeah, I mean, yeah. Ugh. So I want to throw us off that direction. Just you mentioned that I, I wanted to pass that along because I was expecting that. No, yeah, that's, I, I hope they, uh, I, I'm glad that they at least gave some acknowledgement of that because that was, that was a tough play to watch. But I mean, Kelsey just, and this is just year after year after year. He He's at 855. And so he's going to pass a thousand, barring something catastrophic, for the seventh year in a row. What was the record before? Was it three? I think it might have been four, but yeah, <laughs> it's not close. I'm trying to remember because I don't remember anyone else ever doing it. I thought he was the first one to do it four years in a row. I'm, you know what? You guys talk about things. I'll look, look, I'll look into it. I'll look. I'll, I'll find you that by the time we. Right. Well, there, yeah, there's there's consecutive. There's so I'll figure it out. Yep. And so yeah, because altogether I think four is the record, and he's done it seven yeah. years. Gronk, gonna... Gronk, Witten, and Gonzalez. No, I'm not comparing them. All yeah. had four. <laughs> they all had four total. All had four total. Correct. But not in a row. No. I'm 99 sure the record was three in a row. And and he's such a perfect fit. And this is the reason I really want Chiefs fans to appreciate this as well. Mahomes and Kelsey fit together even better than Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Which is saying something, because like if you built a wide receiver in a lab that goes with Patrick Mahomes, it might be Tyreek Hill. Although seeing the level of success that he's starting to get with Juju Smith-Schuster, I do wonder that any high-level receiver, like would Devontae Adams have less success with Patrick Mahomes than Tyreek Hill did? I don't know. And I'm not taking away from Hill. He's probably the best receiver in the league. He's a stud. But for as much as like that, that guy is like perfect for what he does, you know, the deep ball, all that stuff. The the freelancing and the understanding of the game and and angles and and what's going to happen in the next three seconds. I can't think of a better fit in the universe with Patrick Mahomes than Travis Kelsey. That's like to, to, you know, the whole like it's weird when it goes wrong. When Kelsey wasn't looking for that third and short um, because he got hung up on on a chip there for a second and it kind of bounced off his face because he wasn't looking yet. That was like one of those times was like, whoa, that was weird. (laughs) Because you're just used to them being on the same page with these freakish things. It's kind of like, you know, famously after the Houston game, when Kelsey goes to Mahomes, like, I have no idea how you know I'm going to do that. I turned around and the ball was there. Mahomes like, I was hoping you would. And it's like, what? You threw a pass. Three second thing. It's like both of them can see three seconds into the future. Yeah. Like that's what it, that's, I'm going to use that forever. That is exactly what it's like. They, they really can. They, They both are, they both are the Prince of Persia. Uh, if you remember that game, I probably just dated myself, actually. But <laughs> but they, they can rewind time for three seconds. And, like, can you imagine the trust in someone to say, I was hoping you'd do that. And yeah. in an NFL playoff game, you made a throw based on hope? And, and, and to this day, Justin Reed will always tell you, 
Dog, it was different out there. <laughs> it, was, it was different. It was really different out there. I was responsible for covering this man. Oh, that was tough. That was a tough game for him. Because it's he just has, different. He, sometimes he brings it up to us, and it's hilarious. Because we're like, you know you was on the other side of that, right? Like, and I, like, I don't bring up he who shall not be named. So you was like, cool? When, when they gave you the ball for the, for the fake punt? You was cool with that? You was cool with that. And then and then you had to cover him. Yeah. Whew. Right after getting tackled by Dirty Dan Sorensen. Uh I believe that was just in I believe that was Justin Reed's second playoff game. Because oh. the first playoff game was one of the put it in the lore, throw it to, as Dominique Foxworth says, a square body across the field. There will never be another high like Josh Allen high in first year in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> it was, it was really, it was so cool. And you know what? We've been talking for 30 minutes about greatness and we haven't even gotten into the fact that Chris Jones just flat out took over that game. Go do it. I'm turning my mic off. I don't need to be here for this. I, Seth Cook. Because so there's a couple things that are going on here, but the yeah. first and foremost is that Chris Jones is so great because some of those pressures you saw him get, some of those hits on Herbert, like Herbert gets rid of the ball quick, but he was getting hammered after throwing the ball kind of throughout the game. I'm going back and charting every snap right now to kind of look the, at the pass rush. The third down stop between Chris Jones and Frank Clark sandwiching Justin Herbert, who is still throwing the football before his (laughs) knee goes down. Again, insane level. I mean, this was... Guys, he's only going to get better, I assume, but this was Justin Herbert's best game against the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Because he threw threw an accurate ball with with the Chiefs, like, two of the four pass rushers, like crunching him and threw an accurate ball. Thankfully, because it was in the red zone, uh, LeJarrius Sneak was like, ah, get that out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, that was nice. <laughs> but, um, but, but the play is ruined because Chris Jones exists. Yep, that ball has to come out. And that's what people, you know, when we talk about pressures, we talk about hits. Are they as valuable as a sack? Of course not. But if you force an NFL quarterback to throw it a second before he's ready, that matters. If you hit him and then hit him and hit him some more, that affects them, not just the quarterback himself, even a big guy like Herbert. You could see him after a few plays getting up a little more slow because he got whacked a few times. He got chucked a few times because let me tell you, Frank Clark and Chris Jones, when they know they can get away with it, they do not hit the QB gently when they know, oh, I'm arriving right as he releases. I get to tee off on him a little bit. And quarterbacks remember that. And it just makes it hurt that much more every throw. And but it also affects what the team can call. So if you look at some of what the the Chargers were doing, like in the second quarter, they started calling more like play action fakes with some boots and some rollouts, some quick throws, because Herbert was getting beat up. On the broadcast, they were talking a lot about Mahomes getting hit. And he he was at times, although I, well, there's a conversation to be had there. But I don't, I don't, I think Herbert was getting hit more. And they just didn't talk about it much because he completed some great throws. But Jones really down the stretch, why you put Chris Jones in that pantheon of defensive player of the year candidates is because his timing is just impeccable. He is one of like maybe five dudes in the league 
that on a specific snap can just decide there is no one and maybe no two dudes that are going to block me this play. And I'm going to be shot after this play and I might need to sub out and I might not be as effective the next play, but no one is blocking me. And that's what happened to poor Justin Herbert on two plays in a row to close out the game. Because Herbert made a Herbert made an, a good choice in a lot of ways on that first and 10 on the Chargers 25. They still had a timeout. They still had three timeouts. He thought, you know what? They're covering deep. I'm going to, because he's fast. I'm going to grab 20, 25 easy yards here. Risk-free. Because everyone's going downfield and they're not going to see me. And Jones said, well, but what if instead I just threw this guard out of the way (laughs) and I was standing there? (laughs) And it was so, it was so great. Because a sack is one of the worst things that can happen to you there. Because you kill one of your timeouts, you lose yardage. It's wasted time that you couldn't afford to waste. And then the very next play, the ball is snapped. And Herbert was like, he had, he, he, not only had he not finished his drop, he had barely started it. And Jones is just standing there in front of him again. And those things, those moments are what make Chris Jones great. Is that very few players can just take over drives. And... It's so cool, and we've been talking about this for a long time, and it's just so cool to watch him start to get some national recognition because he's been pretty big time in some nationally televised games, yep. and that that's what it takes um, for people to start talking about him again. Although uh, number 11 from Dallas is going to be tough to beat for Defensive Player of the Year, but right now it's him and Jones, and that's it. What what, what 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 about Nick Bosa though? Did you see what Nick Bosa was doing? Eh, you know, do it against a team that's not the Cardinals, and let's talk. All right, because <laughs> right, I saw what Nick Bosa was doing it. against the Chiefs. What he was doing was spinning around and falling down a lot, which is that, not really his fault. But that's coaching, dog. That's I know. Coaching. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, they have good coaches. hey. Whose side are you on, Nate? <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's a Nick Bosa is a bad right man. Now. Nick Bosa is a bad man. He's so good. He he's so good. He he's in that that group of like about five players where he can just take over games too. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing is I would argue with Parsons and Jones something that they have in common. I think they're a little harder to scheme out of a game than a guy who basically only plays edge. Right. Because that is, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Because now now that Spags is utilizing that edge rush. In a, he's sprinkling it in there between six to ten snaps a game. And those snaps are nightmares for tackles because it's just like, man, I'm usually bigger than the guy across from me. <laughs> and this dude's huge. <laughs> and he's just going right through me. And if I try to do anything, he'll dip around me because he's a freak. But him and Parsons, they can line up anywhere. And that I, I think that gives them the edge. But it, it was fun to watch. And I'm charting every snap right now. Not literally right now, because I am doing a podcast. I would never be so unprofessional. Wow. Um, Hey, listen. Hey, listen, man. You brought this upon yourself. I got a message from Renee about 20 minutes ago that says, wow, Seth's retweeting mashed potato recipes while doing the podcast. What a guy. We need to talk. We need to talk about that momentarily, by the way. No, no, we don't. But sure. (laughs) Also, you brought up how focused you were, like, with... Like no, no officer, no, 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 no. I don't know illegal uh, animal smuggling going on here with like a yeah. lemur on your head. I mean, yeah. this is this is unnecessary. <laughs> I, I just, I'll I'll say this really quick, um, because I I think, you know, context matters. And look, I can't watch 
every Dallas Cowboys game. I cannot watch every 49ers game. Although I do think the best candidates for the Defensive Player of the Year as we enter, yes, ladies and gentlemen, real football. Week 12, Thanksgiving Day. Real football has occurred. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. the, the Chiefs won the division before real football started. Now, <laughs> that's just, just, uh, just, just, just wanted to, hey, just, we all, I, we all have to remember these things. This is why I'm here. I am the adult in the room, as they suggest. <laughs> I, I guess. As they observe. Uh, yeah, as they, yeah as, they, as they observe. But look, context matters. So, yep. Matthew Judon has 13 sacks. He has been awesome. Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa has 10 and a half. Micah Parsons has 10. Uh, quietly, Justin Houston has nine. But, you know. Dude, he's going to do it forever. He's going to be 95 quiet. years old. Now, he's only played seven games, but when he's in there, pretty good. Uh, Chris Jones also has nine. Uh, Chris Jones should have more sacks than Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. And the reason why is because... Oh, yeah. In the last five games, Chris Jones has recorded at least half a sack in all five games. So, sacking against Buffalo, two sacks against San Francisco, half a sack against Tennessee, sack and a half against Jacksonville, and obviously two sacks against the Chargers. That does not equate to his sack that should have occurred against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Matt Ryan pulling out all the tricks and the strip sack fumble that was... Uh, gently putting the quarterback down too gently mm-hmm. against the Raiders, which, you know, changed the whole complexion of the game. So, really, he should have 11 sacks and be right there with Matthew Judon, who has 13. Would you like another vignette? I would love another vignette. You got me. I'm, I am captive here. Okay. Um, If you go to L.A., Obviously, I think some people have recommended, or some people have said that like they appreciate my recommendation for going to SoFi Stadium. Some of those people was at the game on Sunday. Now, when you are in LA, I would, my two favorite parts are Venice and Manhattan Beach. Oh my Lord. Now, I had a wonderful, awesome belly laugh time with some Time Zars listeners. Yes. 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 Fantastic. So Clint Newton, shout out to Clint. He will, I mean, he's in the rafters. I mean, we've got to put legend. him in the ring. Of, Absolutely. I mean, we've legend. just got to put him in the ring. Absolutely. Um, he suggested that we all get together at the Kettle, which is a long time, uh, just great diner in Manhattan Beach. Go if you can. It's so next to the water. I mean, it's mm. for a Midwestern boy like me to see some mm-hmm. waves. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> now um, he brought some friends along, and it was so great because it was Alan, Mike, and Steve. Yep, all good. Um, dudes. All great dudes. They all listened to the podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. We could not appreciate it more. I don't know um, y'all like that. I'm not gonna say you're good dudes until you prove it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Clint and Alan especially have proven to be good dudes to me time yes. and again. They don't maybe they don't like you as much. I mean, that's almost my that's my guess. Yeah, that's actually fair. Yeah, that's no, my that's, that's my educated no, that's guess. A good, that's a good point. <laughs> Clint, Clint is on is is in the rafters. That's fine. I don't know these other guys, but they, yeah, it would make sense for them to like me less. I can be combative at times. 
yeah, but like everyone enjoyed the bingo card. We had a nice chat about that. Uh, I I told them what it was like to walk through SoFi Stadium. <laughs> And so I need to read this just because I don't think it'll compromise our, our friendship, but I mean, hi, Clint. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I ask him, and this is in text messages, quote, how did everyone react when you guys walked in? Because I didn't try to I didn't try to paint too much of a picture. I just said, you're not ready. Uh, uh, they were sitting directly across, across from the 25-yard line. Quote from Clint. This place is so big and excess. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Next next quote. I hope Clark Hunt gets jealous and envious. <laughs> <laughs> so when the Chiefs construct a new stadium, just just keep that in mind. Because I had never put that thought together. Mm-hmm. And Clint literally walked in and was like, I mean, if I was a billionaire and I had the better football team, <laughs> I'd be really, really jealous. So just just keep that in mind, y'all. But uh, a lovely dinner on Saturday night. Um, I think it was Alan's daughter, who is in college right now uh, in California, who recommended the kettle. And uh, wonderful times, wonderful times. And uh, and yeah, you know, if if Clark Hunt dismantles his father's stadium and builds a monstrosity it might be because of it might be because of the Crocky family and, and SoFi Stadium that was a beautiful vignette I just I've been getting swept away in these I'm really having a nice time on this uh, I got this two more so just just you okay. wait All right, I'm gonna pace myself I'm gonna pace myself looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US based live customer service from Discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Anything else from within Chiefs Chargers that we need to give some sort of note to? All the injuries, Nate already gave us the locker room glance at all those guys. Um, It was weird that Marquez Valdez-Scantling was not involved in this game at all until the last drive. Not involved, that's not the right. That is a very box score thing for me to say. (laughs) He did not catch a pass. 
Um, he was targeted a few times earlier in the game, but it, it was a Travis Kelsey game. I guess we should mention that Isaiah Pacheco is RB1. Yeah. Uh, he had 100 yards and mm-hmm. was the guy even even before Clyde got hurt. Um, seems like that would be unlikely to change in the near future. But that Ronald Jones uh, practice squad, not practice squad, healthy scratch stash. Uh, looks like that'll probably come to fruition mm-hmm. uh, this upcoming week. And Sky Moore, when the Chiefs were out of options, <laughs> got him out there. Uh, and he played some really good football. So I don't know if you guys want to highlight uh, either of the uh, the offensive rookies there. But but nice showings for both of them. And I think the uh, the last couple guys we needed to mention, from uh, at least on the offensive side. I, I think the underrated rookie, and I couldn't get to him because I didn't talk to him after the game, was Brian Cook who yeah. was playing in mm-hmm. place of Juan Thornhill yeah. and uh, and did did a very adequate job. And I think for the secondary as a whole, um, this is the kind of growth you want. Hey, it's going to get a little bit harder each week. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, them some real dudes. But, hey, mm-hmm. you got that experience. It should serve you for the rest of the season. And, you know, from the Chiefs' perspective, they are thankful because Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey exist. And, hey, you learned that lesson in a victory, not yeah. – in a loss. So for Joshua Williams, uh, I thought Trent McDuffie looked very good at times. Yet again, Brian Cook uh, had a potentially game-altering tackle. It's funny. Uh, Nick Jacobs just tweeted out the all twenty-two of it um, before Chris Jones said, "I'm just gonna just, I'm just gonna stop this third and two inside the five uh, right before halftime." But yes, the play, the couple plays before Brian Cook makes a really nice tackle on Austin Eckler. So, um, dang dog. Y'all spent all that money. Y'all made all them trades. Y'all tried to maximize a star quarterback on his rookie deal. And y'all out here getting beat by some rookies. Mm-mm-mm. That's some of y'all, some of y'all zigging, they zagging. <laughs> um I that I think that brings us really nicely to the fact that the Chiefs, I mean, it really is time is a flat circle. And in, let me check my notes here, mid to late November, the Chiefs are in sole possession of first place in the AFC. Now, there's some teams nipping at their heels. Yep. Like, the the AFC East, and it just, it's so funny because, like, the Bills won, but, like, man, they... They could have some problems if they're because their division is suddenly like so you can go toe to toe with Bill Belichick, who is a problem. The Jets defense is a problem, although, you know, well, according to Tyler Wilson, Tyler Wilson's doing just fine. So you I know what Zach Wilson thinks. Dang it, I did it again. Oh, it was such a good joke, too. Well, it was an adequate <laughs> joke. You know, I do I do I think that I held back times ours with that uh failed joke? No, no I don't. <laughs> I but does he have that dog in him? No. Yep. Where's the dog, Zach? Yep. Zach, yep. I thought yes. they said you. Zach, I thought they said you had the dog in you. Where the dog at, man? No. Where the dog at? And then, I mean, the Dolphins are not. They've already beaten the Bills once. I mean, this is. They they just they've got a tough. Uh, they they've just got a tough thing to go through. Everyone in the AFC East. The AFC North is a bit of a mess with just two teams at the top, two teams at the bottom. But those two teams at the bottom always play those two teams at the top well. The Titans are seven and three. Chiefs have a tiebreaker over them. I, I'm I'm more annoyed than I was that they lost to the Colts. Because man, they'd have a they'd have a full game cushion. Um, but whatever, I guess you know. Every now and then you got to play a game where you cost yourself like twenty points. <laughs> I mean, gross. But. Taking away, you know, the the AFC in total, the Chiefs have really what is a four-game lead 
with seven games left. I'm not saying they can't lose. I mean, they could. I mean, they could lose. But you, they would have to, they'd have to lose, well, I mean, you get it, four of their next seven while the Chargers win every game. The, the other part of that that is implied, but just I'm going to say it out loud, the only team in the division that you would think would would have a chance in that total meltdown scenario is the team they've already beaten twice. Right. And that, that's that, nuts. That is like, that that's is totally different nuts. if if it's if the Raiders are six and four right now or something. I mean, yeah, where you still have a, at least at least a chance for them to even it up on the tiebreaker side of things. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Raiders. Over. The Raiders. This, is, the this isn't me predicting a win over the Colts. The division's over. No. <laughs> and, if it, and if it's not, yeah. then you all know where to find me. Well, and that's I mean, just they would have to go on on the type of meltdown that that has occasionally happened with Andy Reid led teams, but not under Mahomes, really. Never not for Mahomes. multiple no. games. And I mean, they just with the Raiders and the Broncos, they're three and seven. Yeah. They would have to, which, you know, shout out to the Raiders for dragging the Broncos down to three and seven. Um God, that game was but they would have to what what would that look like? I'm I'm trying to figure out right now. I mean, the Chiefs would have to basically lose almost every game and they'd have to win out. That yes. would be weird. And and here's the weirdest thing of it all is that the Broncos would have to beat the Chiefs twice or the Raiders would have to beat the Chiefs in the last game of the year, which means that they don't have any say in the Chiefs record until that point. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's OK. You don't you don't have to pretend like it's not over. I think it's I think it's just it's just fine for us all to look at the standings and go, yep, uh, that's that's the game. And it is not yet Thanksgiving. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, um, so, pe- so people may be wondering what we have uh, on on Chiefs Rams. Yes, I don't know I anything go. about Nate's that. Got, Nate's got hosting energy today. This is incredible. I'm just coasting. I, I <laughs> it's not great, guys. Uh, you may be looking at the amount of time remaining in this in the uh, podcast right now and thinking, oh, they're just now starting their Rams preview and they're not going to do an episode on Thanksgiving, right? Correct. What we're going to mm-hmm. do here is give this game the amount of time that it deserves. Go ahead, Nate. Look, man, they ain't got no offensive linemen. Oh, they cut their they cut their uh, leading rusher cut today. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw that. I mean, Ramsey doesn't look the same. Aaron Donald doesn't look the same. It happens. We do not know who's going to play quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. That is a fact on Tuesday of this recording. I could um, narrow it down to two for you. Exactly. So... I mean, they made Andy Dalton look like an all-pro. That's just the facts. So that 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 concludes my my thoughts about the Rams and Aaron Donald. For what it's worth, I mean, when I've when I've looked at him briefly, and I just don't know anything about the Rams. I I, I admit, I know that Cooper Cup was an inordinate part of their offense and is a great he's receiver. So, he's so good, and he's out. Yep. And wasn't he he was like like 35-40% of their offensive output pretty much. And he and, he, he he was reaching um Jamal Charles levels. Yeah. yeah. Which like <laughs> the real ones know <laughs> like in yeah. 2012 what were the Chiefs? They had an, a decent defense in Jamal Charles. And that was it. Um and it was enough some games, well, two of them. Anyway, so I just, I don't know a ton about the Rams. I know they've had a ton of injuries. I know Stafford's probably out. I know their backup's probably out. Well, here's what I'll say. Aaron Donald is great. He can wreck a game. The odds are, and, and Aaron Donald is a really good um, study 
in how much it means to have multiple dudes. Yeah. No, I've said, I think I've used guys yes. for this. To have yeah. multiple guys. If you want to wrestle the passer, you need three guys. And that's, by the way, something that I'm working on right now and why the Chiefs were able to consistently pressure Herbert is because some of their other guys played like guys. Like, like I hope you're hearing the capital G there. Good yeah. guys. Yeah. And so the, the Rams, I mean, they're trying to, plus they hate draft picks. There's a reason they were trying to trade for Brian Burns, even though they already have Aaron Donald, because one star pass rusher alone can't consistently do it because he's probably winning 25% of the time. That leaves 75% of the place. And that's not including a coach like Andy Reid, which, you know, I was joking around about Nick Bosa, who's an absolute stud. And Donald plays in the middle, not on the edge. But we saw how Andy Reid was like, okay, the guy who scares us the most of their defense by far is Nick Bosa. We are going to jet sweep him to death on his side to where he has no idea where the ball is coming from, which slows him down. Or we're going to have someone slamming into him as he comes around the edge. And his, he's just going to have a really bad day. Andy Reid can do that with one defender. I, the, the, the Rams, they're well coached enough that I, I, I have a fear of the, like the, the Colts game version 2.0. <laughs> so just because there's no familiarity there, generally speaking, in my experience, a lack of familiarity with Andy Reid's offense has usually done pretty good things for the chiefs. Andy Dalton. Completed 21 (laughs) of 25 attempts. That is a lot. For 260 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times, none of which by Aaron Donald. His passer rating was (laughs) 149.6. Yeah, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Uh, Thanks for listening to this. I mean, like, really, like, what are we... But here's the thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing the best interior defensive tackle in football and also Aaron Donald. Yep. Oh man! You know what? There's people are saying. People are saying. People are uh, saying. Like I, it, it's if this is a fully healthy Rams team, this game has some juice. If it's even just a healthier but still depleted from the Super Bowl Rams team, if they were still banged up but somehow playing decent football, I just this game's up to what fourteen and a half now. Uh, this is not financial advice, but I'll give you my score prediction now so we can wrap it up. Because I this feels like a 34 to 10 type of game. And Andy Reid takes his foot off the gas at times, and I don't like a 14-point point spread for betting reasons because that's easy to cover. Like, it just, that happens. Sometimes it's because Chad Henney and, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bryce Perkins, I guess, <laughs> have a quarterback duel in the fourth quarter. Uh, I... I really, though, just if if this is anything other than a make it look easy type of day for the Chiefs, I'll I'll be I'll be annoyed by that um, because I would like for the offense to not like look like it has to labor quite so hard against a defense that hasn't been very good. Like the defense to just have a day absolutely teeing off on a quarterback who's not ready for them. I would love for Trent McDuffie and Jalen Watson to both have a pick, you know, something like that where you can just say, hey, this right here was a little stepping stone building block type of game that we don't have to think about for one second after the game ends. And we can spend we can spend Monday's show starting with the Bengals if you want, um, if the game goes the way that I I hope it does. I like it. Yeah, it all it all makes sense. I'm just trying to. I'm going I'm to piece together these last two vignettes. It, okay, give me a score. Give me a score, Seth, and then ready. Nate can vignette us out of here. Not, y'all not ready. 
I can't wait for these two um, vignettes. I just, I want to say that I really would like to see Sky Moore see the ball a little bit more again because great, this is great thing but, to watch for. But anyway, um, I'm thinking that I'm thinking the Chiefs put up probably 33 or 36 here, and I'm thinking the the Rams do 24. Uh, I, oh, I, that's, that's I quite think, high. I think McVay is a great coach. I think yeah. he has gotten the best of spags at times in the past. Um, and so we'll see. I, I just, I, I got a weird feeling about this one. And I'm probably going to feel like an idiot afterwards because I had a weird feeling before the Niners and Tampa Bay game too. And both those times they start off a little weird. And then the Chiefs are like, oh yeah, we're way better than these teams. And just destroyed them. So maybe maybe that's maybe that's this weird feeling is confidence. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not recognizing they, the Chiefs it. have the Chiefs have earned that. You, we, no, none of us here are going to make fun of you for predicting that the Chiefs will play a weird game. Yeah, oh, weird games. But yeah, so I'm thinking. Let, I, I'm going to go on the low end of that. I'm going to say 36-23. So I mean, I don't think they'll quite cover the spread, but the spread is like 15 points. That's a lot. Yeah, Come that's on, a, that's a lot in an NFL game. Uh, Nate, so what do you what do you expect and what are you looking for? And then let's let's get these vignettes from you. Oh, I'm I'm expecting a Chiefs victory. Um, well, obviously we'll have more information for you as to who will play or who's expected to play after Thanksgiving. Uh, neither team has really practiced yet, but um, yeah, Sky Moore seems relevant, and let's see Isaiah Pacheco mm. in another game. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's see if he can be consistent um, because yeah, there is no Clyde probably for this game. Um, and we might see Ronald Jones in certain situations, short yardage, goal line, the occasional change of pace. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in Isaiah Pacheco um, moving forward, knowing that uh, it looks like Trey Smith is back to being healthy and caking mm. folks quite a bit. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, quietly, the Chiefs offensive line is back to being one of the best in the league. Hmm. Uh, vin- is it vignette time? Uh, sorry, I thought I was ready to just. I was All ready right. to be swept away another another okay. one of Nate's woven worlds of of wonder. <sighs> okay, these are two. So I'm gonna start with the first one. After I had dinner with Clinton the fellas, and I saw the waves crashing on Manhattan Beach. I was like, I want to go to Venice and I want to find somewhere that I could just have a nice, simple cocktail and kind of vibe out before I go back to the hotel. I came upon a place I had yet to be before. And this is another Nate Taylor recommendation. It's called the Old Man Bar, which is somewhat close to Venice. It's a little further um, east. According to Google, guys, the Old Man Bar is a hip dimly lit bar with focus on spirits featuring vinyl music playlist which i heard and it was excellent and woodsy lodge lodge like decor i'm looking at their page right now now it's saturday night i walk in and surprisingly there's not that many people here so great i'm gonna get nice service get in get out have a have a nice time maybe chat up with some folks um, what if I told you in a complete, this will only happen once in my life. I stumbled upon the wedding reception of Paul and Alana Suarez. 
and it was on the house. <laughs> Come on. What did you what did, what did you like stumble across a leprechaun that granted you a wish? Because Alana Suarez, God bless her, never met her because the wedding was over, is the daughter of whoever owns this wonderful establishment. And it was open bar. And I had (laughs) the most amazing time with folks from Ireland. Oh, come on. A bunch of Irish people. Who flew to Los Angeles to celebrate the union. The immaculate marriage of Paul and Alana Suarez. <laughs> Shout out to you, Don. I don't even know your last name, but you were awesome. Shout out to Johan, who told someone from the old man bar, he's with us. Oh my goodness. You got a he's with us. And Sally. Again, don't know these people's last name. I took a I took photos with these folks. It was amazing. There's nothing better than crashing a wedding reception. There's literally nothing. And I was never planning on this. I just wanted a nice, I don't know, old fashioned or, hey, what does the bar have to offer? You know, I'm just, I just want to hang out. Shout out to Sally, who saw pictures of my wife and kid and was like, I Cannot believe this is happening. And Sally, I literally thought the same thing. Paul and Alana Suarez, I never met y'all. But this is gonna work. Y'all gonna be just fine. (laughs) You guys have the coolest friends, apparently. The coolest friends. Now. That's incredible. Vignette number two. And this will take us. That's not the closer, huh? All right. That's not the closer. This will, because that happened Saturday night. This will take us. From an audio standpoint, into Thanksgiving. It is Monday night. I chose to fly Monday night because Delta had a direct flight, a rare direct flight from Los Angeles to Kansas City. All right, cool. I wrote a story that morning, went back to Manhattan Beach, picked up some seashells from my wife. God, saying seashells is really hard uh, for me. <laughs> But she wanted me to do that for her because we love going to the beach and sort of collecting seashells. So I did that for her. Then I go back to the airport. And two rows in front of me, not in first class, is Jason Sudeikis. What? And I shook this man's hand and I said, I love Ted Lasso. I appreciate it, and what you're doing is awesome. He was flying back to Kansas City uh, with his child, and um, it's Thanksgiving, and Kansas City is home for Jason Sudeikis. No way. He sat in the middle seat so that each kid could sort of interact with him, which I thought was just amazing. And... There's this commotion that happens before a plane takes off, before we actually start to move this thing. Everybody pretty much on this flight is from Kansas City or has some Kansas City connection to them. A large portion of these people went to the game on Sunday. 
And the overall discussion was about Patrick Mahomes, the comeback yet again, and just the civic pride that the football team has given to people who are flying back to Kansas City for Thanksgiving. Nothing, nothing can connect us quite like sports. And so, two rows in front of me is Jason Sudeikis, who's just enjoying time. To my right, in an exit row, is Jackson Mahomes. What? And to and, and behind me is a lovely man named Chris, who shook my hand after we landed and said, I love the work. I appreciate it. SoFi Stadium is amazing. And I love listening to you guys. (laughs) Guys, this doesn't happen often. It's one of the best weekends of my adult life. And they also played a football game. So, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And just know that even in L.A., there's something about this football team that has given people hope, appreciation, pride, and honestly, thankfulness for uh, for what it does for them and where they're from. Mm-hmm.